Welcome back. We are in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Let's go. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of, the, of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. So this is talking about the children of God, our flesh and blood, and Jesus is doing the same. We have pain. He experienced pain. We have trials. He experienced trials. We suffered. He suffered. He's relatable. That's one of the biggest takeaways that you can get. And so many other religions, they're like, oh, we've got this God or these gods or these thousands of gods or millions of gods. There's one God. Three persons and one Godhead. And he chose to come down and be flesh and blood, just like his creation and then to be destroyed by his creation. He is relatable. He is relatable. He is a God of humility, one who is willing to allow himself to be humiliated and stricken and beaten and made fun of, and he did it all for you because he knew that that was the only way to pay the price for your sin. And he knew that before he created you, before he created me, before he created the world. He knew that that was, he, that was going to have to be done, and yet he chose to go through it anyways. How many of you would go through your life again, looking back on some of the hardest times, or the hardest time in your life, saying, if I had to do it again, I would still do it knowing that I would have to go through that, knowing that I would have to end up homeless, divorced, having lost a couple of people who were close to me, an alcoholic, a drug addict, being molested, whatever your thing is, what, what's the hardest thing in your life, would you do life again if you knew you had to go through with that? And I think the answer for many people would kind of be a begrudging yes, right? It's made me who I am today. Well, God chose to create us even though he knew that we would rebel against him. He would have to come himself down to earth in flesh and blood and die for us and be killed by us to atone for our sin. That is amazing. That's a relatable God. And I love that about God, that he's relatable. And then it goes on to say in verse 14, that through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. So he destroyed the devil's plan through his own death. You get that? He actually had to die in order for the devil to be defeated. Now, when Jesus died on the cross... The devil was celebrating. He thought he had won. He's like, yes, we finally did it. I'm going to be in control. I'm going to be God. And then Jesus rose from the dead, and the devil's like, oh, man. But even though Jesus paid for our sins, the devil is still the ruler of this earth. Yes, you heard that right. He is the prince of the air, the ruler of this earth. Jesus has atoned for our sins and given us a way to salvation, to heaven, to eternal life. But he has not come back yet the second time as a conquering lion to put an end to the stuff that we see on earth right now and to take it back. It's kind of like, and you've heard this probably in some episodes, it's kind of like someone who buys a house and then you do a lease back. So you, you, or you uh, yeah, you buy the house, but you lease it to the seller for a month, right? So you technically own it, but they're still occupying it for another month until you move in. 
Well, Jesus essentially paid the price, so he bought the earth back from the devil, but the devil has a leasehold on it. He's the lessor, lessee, I'm sorry. He's a lessee in this situation for a certain period of time until Jesus comes back in the second advent. I can't wait for that. It says that through death he might destroy him who had power of death, that is, the devil. Oh, and let me read in uh, Matthew 10, 28. I have a note here. Matthew 10, 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Right? That's saying don't worry about people on earth. Don't worry about the, the devil. They can't take your soul. They can't kill your soul. They can kill you on this earth. But if you have Christ inside of you, if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, your soul lives on for eternity. You will never face death again. You're, yeah, your body will die on earth, and we call that death. But in the Bible, it just says you just go to your new home. You, you don't die. You've already died because you died on the cross with Jesus. Right? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that is incredible. Verse 15, And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. And release those who through fear of death, a lot of people are afraid of death. In fact, a lot of studies in the United States say that the two things that people fear the most are death and taxes. Maybe that's just an old adage. Maybe it's not an actual study. But when I talk to a lot of people, they hate tax time, right? It's stressful. Um, And then they don't want to think about dying. Why do most people don't want to think about dying? Because they have no clue where they're going. They don't have they don't have assurance in being a child of God. They haven't invited Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Even some people who say they've invited Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or who have in fact invited Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I know some of them are even afraid. They shouldn't be biblically, but some of them are. They're, maybe they're afraid of leaving. Um, someone behind who they're caring for, maybe a parent or a wife or kids, young kids, something like that. But a lot of times it's just, they're just afraid to die. I tell you what, I can't wait to get to heaven. If Jesus wants to take me home tonight, I'm ready. Now, I would hate to have to leave my kids and my wife, and it's not something I'm wishing for, but I'm certainly ready for it. You see the difference? If God chooses to take me five minutes from now, I'm totally okay with that. But if he chooses to take me 50 years from now, I'm totally okay with that too. I want to use the time that I have on this earth that God has me here. I want to use it to the fullest. And not for my fullest, but for God's fullest. And notice this. It says, And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Bondage. What a word, right? That word is enslaving. You are a a, a slave in bondage, in chains. Sin is enslaving. Give you an example. An alcoholic or a drug addict. They, you know, every day they go down and they shoot up their drugs, snort their drugs, uh, drink their alcohol, go to the bar, drink, drink it in an alley, drink it at their house and in their car, whatever it is. It's just got them all day long. That's all they think about. But then when they finally get freed, when they finally kick that addiction, you talk to them, because I have a lot of friends who are recovered alcoholics and drug addicts. And they're like, man, it is so fraying. I can't believe how enslaved I was. I can't believe that I was trapped in that and thought it was fun. It just, it took me. I, I didn't feel right about around my spouse, didn't feel right around my kids, my employer. I was always in the inside wanting to get caught so that I could get healed. So there is a lot of freedom in that release. And I tell you what, there is a ton of freedom 
and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and saying, you know what, I'm no longer afraid to die because I've already died with Jesus. I know the minute I take my last breath on earth, whether I have COVID or a car wreck or cancer or anything, my next breath after I take my last breath on this earth is going to be in heaven with God Almighty. And that is a beautiful thing. You don't have to fear death anymore. You don't have to fear what man can do to you anymore. They take a little money from you, you, you know, society, fine. They take some pride from you, fine. You lose that job, you, you know, you're not in the social circle, you're not popular, fine. You know what? You got so much more waiting for you for eternity. This is just a couple of short years. That's why Jesus tells us things like he's like, life is but a vapor, right? It's here today and gone tomorrow. We're not supposed to focus on that. He says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Are we doing that? How are we doing with that church? Can we do better? Absolutely. I can do better at that as well. Remember that a Christ follower has nothing to fear of death, for he or she has already died with Christ. Verse 16. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Well, angels, we've talked about, a third of them got kicked out of heaven with with the devil, and two-thirds of them are still in heaven. If they sin, they cannot repent. If they sin, they cannot repent. The angels who followed the devil, who are now what we call demons, cannot repent. There is no way back to heaven. Jesus doesn't give aid to them. He doesn't save them. He created them to be with them forever. But if they sin one time, they're out. And that's what a third of the angels did. But us, we are the seed of Abraham. We have an opportunity for repentance. And that's why Jesus died on the Christ. He died that no one, he, you know, God wants that none shall perish, but that all should come to repentance. The offering of salvation is universal. That's why when he died on the cross, his arms were spread out wide like a big old hug saying, come to me. You want to be a child of mine? Come on, I'll adopt you. You want to, you want to be with me? Come on. And that's what he's inviting you and your friends and your neighbors and your colleagues and your kids and your family members and your friends. He wants you to accept him as Lord and Savior. But It must be accepted individually. You can't be saved because you grew up in a Christian home. You can't be saved because your grandmother, grandfather, or mother or someone was a Christian. You can't be saved because you go to church. You are saved by faith in Christ alone, period. Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. There's nothing you can do with your deeds All you do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, you become a child of His. Tomorrow we'll pick up in verse 17. Remember that the devil is only in charge on this earth for a little while. Then Jesus is coming back. And if you have Christ in you, you do not need to be afraid of dying. Because the next breath you take is going to be in heaven. And it will be the sweetest, most beautiful breath you and I have ever taken in our entire life lives and it'll be eternity in that state lord thank you so much help us not to set our mind on things above or set our mind on things above but not on things of the earth lord help us to know that it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me anybody who's listening to this who has not accepted you as their lord and savior help them to know it's not about what they do it's not about weighing their good deeds versus their bad deeds because it doesn't matter how many good deeds they have they still have a deficit in their spiritual bank account. They can only be wiped out by you, Jesus. And that's ex- when they accept you as their Lord and Savior and they believe that you atoned for their sin on the cross and that you are sufficient to do that. Lord, help us to love people and to trust you. Amen.